We are live. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another Educator Innovator Hangout on Air. I'm the host for your Hangout tonight, uh, Troy Hicks. I'm a professor of English at Central Michigan University and the director of our Chippewa River Writing Project, which is a site of the National Writing Project. And I had the good fortune to hang out with Dawn Mead and a number of her students going on, wow, this was about two years ago now, actually, uh, doing an inquiry project that led to our book, Research Writing Rewired, which is what we will be talking about tonight. It's February 8th, 2016. Dawn and I are excited to be here with a great group of students to talk about their experience during that unit. Uh, they're going to talk us through their research process, uh, what it means to traditionally write research papers, and how their use of digital tools and participating in uh, literature circles and creating media all led them to a very different experience. So I'm going to let everybody else introduce themselves uh, shortly, but just a few other things before we get started. Uh, first of all, for those of you watching the Hangout Live, we encourage you to post your thoughts and ideas and questions via the Q&A feature embedded in the video player, or you can tweet them and follow along using the hashtag ConnectedLearning. And we'll also be live tweeting this conversation at Innovate underscore Ed. I'm at Hickstro, and Dawn is at Dawn Reed. So you can reach us there, and we'll try to use your questions and comments in the conversation as well. So without further ado, I am going to turn the conversation over quickly to Dawn to introduce herself and then welcome all of our student participants as well. Thank you, Troy. I'm excited to have this conversation tonight, especially because I have students with me. I am a high school English teacher at Okemos High School and co-director of Red Cedar Writing Project. And two years ago, Troy and I got together and said, you know, research pro the research process kind of sometimes gets a bad reputation with students. And we were excited about the opportunity to think about engaging in an exciting ways to invite students into the conversation about research. And so I'm going to give a bit of an overview of the unit that we were involved with, and then I'm going to invite each student to share a little bit about the work that they did, and then we'll have a nice conversation about all of those things. So we started with with a focus in on big ideas. So we, we were looking at inviting students into conversations that would inspire inquiry and natural curiosities so that they could find a research topic that they truly cared about. And so we started with looking at the idea of what is culture. It, it touches on every facet of literature that we can um, engage in and so we were excited about thinking about big ideas related to culture and so we started looking at t a variety of different texts together from uh, articles to TED talks to commercials to sort of analyze and look at the idea of what is culture. That then led us to looking at individual or I shouldn't say individual, I should say literature circles. So they were in literature circle books. So each of these students read a different book and were in different um, groups. And then from those books, they were generating questions that they were interested in. Based on that, they had the opportunity then to research and explore and engage in those topics. So a lot of um, 
interest was drawn because it came from our big questions to their reading and beyond and, and their own lives. Following that, we engaged in work with researching and reading a variety of different texts. We used a lot of different technologies as well. And we invited students to constantly be writing and reading and reflecting on the writing process along the way. So it wasn't just about one end product, but they had the opportunity to share their thinking around their questions in their discussion groups and in publishing on Youth Voices. And Following that, they did create a traditional research paper, and then they also designed media projects inspired by that work. And, and every single one of these students um, continues to impress me with their critical thinking and smart work, and so I'm excited that they're here tonight. So I'm going to invite each student to share a little bit about their thinking along the way. So they might talk about um, their literature circle, their research process, their media project, some of their writing and thinking. And I believe I'm going to ask Kendra to start to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her work. So hello. Um, I'm a junior now, but when I was with Mrs. Reed, I was a freshman, so this is like two years later. Um, but after we had been looking at culture and all of its definitions, I came to the question on deciding whether we could define culture as just positive or just negative because at first I came into thinking it thinking that, that culture was something that you should be proud of, that you were connected with. Like if you have if you belong to a culture, you're good, you're happy. But um, then with more research, um, there were some big positives or big negatives that really stood out so I came to the claim that um, culture is a mixture of both positive and negative and this centered around like three of the main um, areas where it could be a mixture of both and that was um, like how it connects people, how it affects our thoughts and actions and how it affects society because there were a bunch of different ways that it could um, make people want to be outgoing or change themselves for others, good or bad. And the book that we had in our lit circles, I chose um, Curious, Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Hatton. I loved it a lot. It was about a boy who has Asperger's. And this fit into how his own personal culture of being kind of like secluded and having his own thoughts and ideas and interaction with people kind of restricted him and hindered him in life, but it was something that he was happy with, so there were like positives and negatives in his culture. So that was um, basically the whole sum up, and with the media project, um, I came up with a bunch of images to make a collage, and while I was researching those images, I found even more um, like social labels because and perspectives because as I just put in a couple words in the search bars, you came up with all these different um, pictures that people normally expect to see when you see those. If you put in like introvert or extrovert or bullying or body image, and you see all these different views about how other people would see these things. So putting all of that together in the media project 
just created a new way for people to understand how culture is both positive and negative. Wonderful. Thank you, Kendra. Megan, no would you like to go next? Um, sure. So uh, I'm Megan. I'm a junior in high school as well. And um, one of the things I really appreciated about this project was my chance to sort of marry my loves of writing and um, talking about subjects that I was passionate about. So freshman year was a time of self-discovery for me. and. I, I was starting to form opinions, and I have a lot of opinions, and Mrs. Reed really encouraged me to use those. So um, what was really cool was I started, I learned to think in a way that would allow me to connect things I was interested in with topics I was supposed to write about. So the book I did in my literature circle was called Doomsday Book, and it's a pretty, it's not very well known, but it's about um, time travel and like the plague and medieval times, but I managed to connect that to feminism and gender roles because that's what I was really passionate about. So I talked a bit about how they've changed since then and then I was able to sort of make my research project my own and make it something I was excited about writing. Um, and then for my media project I did something I was really passionate about which was really talking. I mean I'm involved in theater so I just love it. I like to talk and I was able to do a TED talk which was really fun for me because um, and I like writing, but it was really nice to sort of express myself verbally and practice presentation. It was just something that I don't get to do a lot in school, and I enjoy oral presentations, and it was cool to use that. Um, another thing I did throughout the year was um, I, when I read Catcher in the Rye for my independent reading book, I used Twitter as my project. I created a Twitter account for Holden Caulfield and tweeted from his point of view. So not only was I integrating um, modern technology in the classroom in a way that I don't think administration would have typically approved that they they could see now they can sort of see how we can use things like social media which are kind of maligned by um, older generations as a way to communicate and as a way to make what we're learning in school relevant and fun. Um, so yeah. Thank you. Megan, you raise an important point that being able to tie into our, the technologies we're using today is important. And I think that, you know, schools do actually want that. So you raise, raise good points. Thank you. Allie, would you like to share next? Yes, thank you. Um, Okay, so freshman year of high school, I, I'm now a junior, and freshman year of high school, I had Mrs. Reed's literature class, and um, in working on these research projects, uh, it was really nice to be able to go through different steps and different parts of the process, rather than just, here's your assignment, write an essay, it's done. Um, so that allowed me to think critically about books and um, literature and technology and how these different things are involved in our society and in our culture. Um, the, the first um, part of my process, and when I read Ender's Game, um, the critical points that I was thinking about is what changes our perceptions of um, just society, what, what creates, what makes the media so powerful, what, 
Um, how are there different parts to, or different sides to every story? And it's not just two sides to every story. You could have three sides, or the, and the truth isn't necessarily a definite thing. Um, and af after thinking about that and different um, perceptions and perspectives, um, what I started thinking about was in our culture, literature and movies and history, which has all affected the way we think and the way we act, which um, it allowed me to, when we got the assignment to create an essay on this, I decided to narrow it down a little bit and focus just on the images in society and how photos and images affect how we think, what we see every day of our lives and how that is part of our culture and how some of it may or may not be truthful. And I think it's really important to think about what is and is not truthful in our society because images are all around us. We see the media, we see things just on the internet every single day at school. And these different images, sometimes hours of work is, to put, in, is put into them, but you just see the finished product. Sometimes they're heavily edited. Sometimes it's for the purpose of conveying a message, be that a good or a bad message. It could be propaganda. And in, in um, researching all of these and thinking about all the different photos, it allowed me to create a really, well, I would claim in-depth essay, which was just a, a very fun project to think about. It was something I got very passionate about by the end. And oftentimes, when writing a big essay, <laughs> well, big essay, I thought it was large at the time, I um, just get overwhelmed, and I don't enjoy it, and it's stressful. But this was definitely by far one of my favorite projects in school and in literature class. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I am so enjoying hearing all of you talk about this. I can't believe it's been two years. Every, every one of you continues to get me excited about learning. Preston, would you like to share next? Sure. Um, hi, I'm Preston. I'm a junior also. And um, when studying culture, my area of focus was um, stereotyping of cultures and uh, more specifically the subconscious stereotyping, so things that almost all of us do but don't really realize because it's in the back of our mind um, and I studied how these subconscious stereotypes uh, affect humans and how we interact um, so it was really interesting to think about this topic because as I thought about it and researched um, I realized how much of our daily actions or habits come from our, our subconscious and one of the most obvious examples of this was breathing um, very simple it's we don't really think about it we don't have to concentrate in order to breathe it's like second nature. Um, so that was one case in which our subconscious affects our daily actions um, in a positive way. But unfortunately, it can also affect in negative ways. And one of those ways is what the one I researched, which is the stereotyping of cultures and how certain people think about certain cultures in ways that may or may not be true, but affect the interactions between humans, um, affects it in a negative way. Um, so. I'd have to say one of my favorite parts about doing this research was um, evaluating the my topic from many different perspectives because I was able to write an essay on it. Um, I shared my opinions on youth voices and also I evaluated and examined the topic in a novel, uh, Many Waters. 
Um, and that was really interesting because um, it was a topic I was interested in, so it was nice to be able to look at it from a variety of different perspectives. And I also really enjoyed incorporating the technology uh, aspect into my research um, because it was a very it was very useful and a lot easier um, than just going to the library and reading books. I mean, I've I've done research in the past online, but Mrs. Reed introduced lots of new tools that were very useful in my research and things I would not have been able to find in myself. Um, one example is was Sightlighter, and that was a really uh, easy to use program that helps organize uh, bibliographies and uh, conduct your research. So I just say the highlights of my research on this would be evaluating my topic from multiple perspectives and also um, the tools we were given to achieve our research because it made it very easy and stress-free and uh, overall very fun experience. Wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate that you brought up the tools because a lot of people try to navigate working in, and researching in online spaces. So that's a great point to add on. Thank you. Matthew, would you like to share? Okay. So, um, hello, my name is Matthew. And as you can probably guess by now, I am also a junior. Um, one thing that I just wanted to highlight uh, about this research project that we did was the the main focus was really on the research and on kind of coming up with your own questions and being inquisitive about topics that you really wanted to learn about like a lot of research projects that I'd done before that were really goal oriented where it was you're focusing on the project and the end product rather than your process of going through the um, process of researching and the research itself so like Preston, I also uh, worked on and read the book Many Waters in ninth grade. And I guess to give you a little bit of background knowledge about the book, is it's kind of a modern take on a uh, Noah's Ark kind of story. And um, what really caught my attention in this novel was the different kinds of constructs and society and how the society was arranged. And being a ninth grader, I was like, I, I would like to put a label on this kind of society. I would like to kind of see what I can do to compare it to something that we might see in the modern world today. And from that point, I kind of started looking into different types of societies, and eventually I stumbled upon communism, which was kind of a mystery to me at the point because I hadn't really learned that much about it. Of course, I heard all the stereotypes that you kind of hear about communism with the media and some of the influence that we've had from the uh, 20th century, but I was finding a lot of conflicting information online about, oh, communism is supposed to be this utopian society, and then on the other hand, you kind of hear all the, the stereotyping in the media about some of the quote-unquote communist countries of the 20th century. So what I did was just kind of dig through a bunch of information on communism, and I ended up writing a paper and doing a media project on kind of the dichotomy, excuse me, dichotomy you get between uh, communism and theory and how it's put into practice and how we see it in society. Um, like Preston, I really enjoyed using Sightlighter. I thought that made my life so much easier as a researcher and 
especially being able to go through the Communist Manifesto itself, which I was able to find online, and kind of pick out some of the points and look through some of the sections that were pretty tough to get through in finer detail was just extremely helpful to me in being able to kind of sort through that whole pamphlet and all those ideas. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You've all, all five of you have given us a lot to think about and talk about. And, and I almost, it could, it could last all night. So I'm going to turn, turn it over to Troy and see, see what he's thinking. Yeah, I would, first of all, again, want to thank all of you for sharing. And it's great to hear that many of these lessons and ideas have stuck with you. I, I've heard echoes of this sentiment that, oh, I learned something that I'm still using in terms of a skill, which I think as for the many years that I've known and worked with Mrs. Reed, thinking about what she wants to instill in her students, I, I can tell you that she's very proud to hear you say that. Um, and so I just, I, I was jotting a couple quick notes and I'm going to open it up to whichever one of you might like to jump in. So I'll, I'll try to summarize what I heard you say and then we'll, we'll hear from you and then maybe we'll dig into some more specific questions. But um, Kendra, for instance, I, I heard you talk in an interesting way about the ways that you were able to connect that literature circle book with the real world inquiry and I wonder what that experience was like for you blending fiction and nonfiction um, in a study that way. Um, I heard Megan talk about um, kind of how this whole process of research was different for you um, and I wonder if you might be able to talk about that. Uh, Allie, uh, certainly you're talking about engaging in that real-world relevant topic, and um, I, I would be, thank you again for letting us record you doing that final presentation. You're going to be a, a YouTube sensation. I, I posted your, your video up there. I hope that that's not anything that will make you feel embarrassed because you should be really proud of that work. Um, Preston, I heard you mention that you were really uh, happy to use all those tools and then Matthew uh, echoed that as well and then Matthew also said it was really interesting to focus on the research process and not just getting that final product done. So uh, any of you, if you'd want to just comment on any of those ideas for a couple minutes and then I know we have some other kind of questions that we'd like to go around and ask all of you too, but that's what I've heard so far and I, I'd be Curious to hear what reactions any of you have to that. Um, well, I'd really like to point out what Megan was saying earlier about how she didn't really have a chance to like spread her ideas and opinions before, like just through normal school with before we actually got to this project. Because what I really loved was, like Ali was saying, we were developing. Idea, our own idea so these weren't something um, that we just like looked up on the internet and like copy pasted and like found new ideas this was research that we were developing on our own because we were using things like Eli review um, and this was the kind of research where we put out our like rough draft or something and had other people comment on it and we found new ways of how like other people like perceived our writing or how it could be interpreted or misinterpreted and that was all part of the research process of actually how to make this something public 
which I love doing because I was after you work on this for like weeks and weeks and weeks, you kind of like build it up and you're like, I'm really proud of this. I want to share it. And through youth voices and through other social media sites like KQED, we could share and develop our own ideas with others. And that was a really cool experience that I really enjoyed um, actually show, giving our final product to, out to the world instead of something that's just for a grade. Like this is something to represent us. Um, in terms of the tools we were able to use and were introduced to, um, I really liked uh, Sightlighter and a few others that I was able to really organize my ideas in before working on specifically the essay because usually uh, when I'm working on something like an essay, um, I kind of churn out the sentences in my head and but I can't type it as fast as they come to mind and um, so then eventually I might forget certain uh, specific phrasings I wanted to use or um, things like that. So Sightlighter and other resources we were introduced to were a really good way to organize my ideas and start planning before I start writing um, so that when I actually get to writing I can get my ideas done quickly and make sure I have everything that I originally thought of. So that was a really nice way to um, use technology to make are specifically essays, but also really any project um, easier. So that was really nice. Um, as Kendra was saying, I think one of the best parts about using technology in the classroom was the opportunity to share your work with others, um, not just in the classroom, but throughout the world. I think with a lot of school work, it's really easy to feel as though you're working in a bubble and you're working solely for a grade and you're working and only your teacher is going to see it. And so sites like KQED were really nice because they gave us an opinion and they gave us evidence for both sides and forces to take a stance and then your ideas are immediately shared with the world. And Eli Review was really nice as well. It was, you know, much more personal. You're only sharing with your classmates, but you're also having them look at their your writing critically and you're asking them to give har not harsh but give constructive feedback that you know goes beyond just it was good because that's not useful so I think technology really allowed me to feel like my work was having a larger impact um, and that other people were seeing it and that it mattered and I think it's important for students to feel like their work and the impact of their work extends beyond the classroom because why would you do something just for the sake of a grade just for the sake of doing it it's important that work is important and that it speaks to the kids who do it and it speaks to people beyond them. I guess I'd just like to uh, echo and reinforce the sentiment that I've heard from a lot of other students that the technology we use was a really big part of the research process and that um, especially without Sightlighter I'm not sure my process or my project would have really been possible because I went from looking at a fictional society and how it was structured to all the way and jumped to differences between communism and theory and communism and practice, which is another thing that I really liked about this process was that you didn't really have to stick inside the lines. You could really take your idea and take your question, do research, take a question that you got from your research, and then do that as many times as you want, just keep 
making new questions and then just run with it wherever you wanted to really. It was really free to do your own research and write what you wanted to write about rather than having to stick between the lines. I think um, it was very nice that in working on this research, it wasn't just a solo effort um, via technology or and thankfully an involved teacher. Um, I was able to get more ideas about my own work and to add on to others um, just thoughts and ideas in their projects. And I think it was very nice using technology to do that and just being able to think outside the box and think for ourselves. That's great. Wonderful. Um, I, I keep wanting to go back and forth between Mrs. Reed and Dawn, but I'll say Dawn right now. Did you want to add anything at the moment before we jump in? Because I know we've got some follow-up questions we definitely want to ask everybody. Did you hear anything in their, their responses? I'm, I'm really interested in, and excited about the ways that all of you are talking about choice and how that was really important to you, how driving from your own lives, that you connected it to your lives and that was important to you. So I'm pleased to hear that. I also, when you talk about technology, one thing that that makes me very excited is that you all can talk about it with purpose. You know, some students might say, wow, that's wow, that's a lot of places you were sending students. How do they keep track of it? But each in each instance, you all talked about you knew the purpose behind it and you saw value in it because you understood how you were using it. And so I, those were some things that I heard that really resonated with me and that you were engaged with the process with each other face-to-face um, -face and through the technology and with me. And so I, I was, I've been very pleased to to hear all of those things and that you're you're making a lot of those connections. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about about hearing all of this. In fact, I have to say I'm so blown away that I'm I'm struggling more with figuring out what my next question is because I'm just enjoying hearing all of you talk about it. Yeah. Well, if it's okay, I'd actually like to begin with the end and kind of work backwards. And, and let me explain what I mean by that. So one of the things that Mrs. Reed and I were very conscious of and trying to build up towards was this final project where Yes, we wanted to see you write the kind of a more traditional academic research paper and learn how to make an argument and use evidence, but we also wanted to see how you could play with and be creative with digital media as well as analog media. And then, you know, tracking back from that, I'd like to talk about the blogging and those type of things. Um, so maybe you could talk just a little bit about each of your, your final projects, like how, how, what was it? How did you get there, and then how was that process similar to or different from other types of research that you've done in the past? Mm -hmm. So and thinking I, about that final project, yeah. I'd like to add on um, to that. I think that process piece is, is fantastic, and I would like to hear each of you talk about it. And one thing that sometimes I get into conversations with people about is whether or not it's manageable at a specific, like what are the skills that different grades level of student can handle and you all were doing a lot of heavy lifting and the way that you talk about it now I think is really rich and I'm excited to hear that it's it's stuck and that it's mattered to you but I as you think about process I'm also interested in in hearing you talk a little bit about even challenges as you go 
along? Like, what were the challenges? What are the things that you had to encourage yourself to move through? Specifically, thinking about the fact that you were a freshman and asking these big questions. I, I don't know that everyone. Um, I think some people would be surprised that freshmen are doing this kind of mental work, and I'm really impressed by that. Um, well, I like to say that, like, what you were asking before about the challenges were because we were given so many choices and because, because we were given kind of like free reign to develop our ideas and collaborate with others, um, you know, you, had, you just have so many more options that you can explore. So I ended up changing my claim and my questions like three times because I was confusing myself because it's like once you get so far into this, it's you have, you know you have to narrow it down. And that's all part of the research process. Um, figuring out like what you want to focus on and what you really want to express to people. And what really, really helped with that was all of the collaboration we did through literature circles and through um, social networking sites. Because those were more than just um, like reading something on a database or from a book and like copying that and using that as like, boom, that's my research. This is research that you're actually getting your own, like this is something that's new and something that you have that you found for yourself through collaboration and through other people's um, ideas and contributions because as you're talking to more and more people you find out how what you're saying is being um, received and how best you can like represent yourself. Um, by spreading it out to more and more people, your own thoughts and ideas. Um, just to comment on what Kendra said is one of the things that I um, really liked about the digital resources is that not only, um, well since we got to choose our own topics, um, we were really able to and more uh, encouraged to and we had more of a desire to spread our ideas and get out there through the different uh, uh, resources that we were able to use and um, we were able to get our ideas out there and we wanted to because we were able to choose our topic and we were really interested in what we were researching and I think that's probably one of the most important things during uh, research is enjoying it because then you are more thorough with it and you want to look deeper and um, that leads to better research and a better finished product. I also think one of the things that was really nice about doing this in a classroom atmosphere was that it encouraged collaboration face-to-face. -face. Like, um, I was in an hour with um, several of the people here and I remember discussing um, my topic and sort of just sort of thinking out loud and debating and talking through my thoughts with them and they did the same with me and I think that collaboration really made the research project um, a lot more valuable because you were able to um, gain insights that you wouldn't otherwise. And I think that you also get that from doing, um, you know, re well, by doing research, by reading other people's writing on the matter. But I enjoyed also talking with my classmates and being able to um, bounce ideas off them and get feedback from them.
Um, for me, what allowed me to, as a freshman, um, get so involved in this project and just dive into it was um, just thinking about what's around me and what's in my everyday life. And though the, some of these thoughts may be a bit more abstract and really need a lot of processing, it's right there in front of me. Culture is all around me, and it's all around you, if, um, no matter where you live. And um, thinking about things like that, um, that are part of who you are and in your everyday lives, and it really allowed me to stay invested. And I think it would allow anyone at any age to really be invested in what they're doing if it's part of who they are and if it's important to them. Um, I think it's also important to note that um, though the technology is like really helpful and a really important resource, um, it was what was most important was having like these students and it, it really needs to come from within. It needs to um, be something you're invested in, have other students to talk to about it and have this sort of mutual just, I don't know how to say this, this mutual um, feeling of wanting to work on this. Um, I wanted to go on what was Allison kind of just said and Megan was um, like, because this is something that's really personal to you and something that you're really invested in, really interested in, in continuing, and also going back to Mrs. Reed's original question about what was difficult was like when you're collaborating with others, uh, especially through this was through Eli Review where people weren't actually like looking at you. It was like through the computer after they're reading your stuff. The hardest bit was like learning to accept criticisms and learning to actually harness those and use them to your advantage because after if I would like write something and put something up and then I get a comment that says mm, that doesn't really make sense um, a lot of my earlier responses were what are you talking about of course it makes sense that's great that's great stuff I write great stuff but when you see it recurring over and over because you share it through so many different outlets through discussions and through um, reviewing um, done by other people um, you're learning to take all of those new ideas and actually be like, use this to improve my own work. Don't use it as something to be like um, insulted by, but use this as something that you can build off of. Um, referring to what Kendra was talking about, um, especially with uh, others reviewing your work, is um, it was really interesting, especially with this topic, because culture and our opinions of culture is a very subject, uh, subjective topic, and the individual, more specific subcategories that we looked at um, of culture were also subjective. So it was interesting because um, it allowed, when you, when you put your ideas out there throughout the various um, resources or websites that were available to us, uh, others could see your... Um, what you've said, and they might have a different opinion than you and comment. And so I think the subjectivity of the matter really led to us being able to evaluate our topic from multiple perspectives, not just our own, and be able to go more in-depth with our research by incorporating others' ideas into our own work. Okay, so 
I'm going to switch gears just slightly here um, and, and kind of in the same vein, thinking about what it meant for all of you to be so fully invested in the research. Uh, I think, unfortunately, and oftentimes, uh, research in school gets a very bad rap. Like, oh, we have to do a research paper. But you all sounded like you really enjoyed it. And I'm really curious to know more about what it felt like for you to become a researcher. And I say that in the sense that you all sound like you really own the topic, you were part of these literature circle groups, you were blogging, you were communicating, you really established that point, which I think is just wonderful. And then I know many of you also collected some of your own data. You did some surveys, you did some interviewing, you looked at other um, sources and synthesized information. So what did it feel like um, to actually become a researcher, uh, and, and how did that um, change your perspective on this whole project as you think about what it means to do research um, in a school setting, but do it in this way? Um, I, I would say that a really important part of our uh, whole research process, and something that really made the, the whole thing come together well for me, was the fact that we didn't really have to adhere to any strict topical guidelines about what we should be writing about. And for me, that just made me really be able to choose something that I wanted to work on and something that I wanted to focus on, rather than something I was forced to do or forced to learn about. And I guess that whole situation made me feel that it was really my responsibility to kind of own the topic and own the knowledge and become an expert on what I chose to focus on. And I guess, for me, that was just really empowering. Yeah, I mean, empowering was the word that came to mind for me as well, because I, I had so much pride in the work I did, because it was information I collected. It was, it was opinions I had formed. It was work that was my own. It wasn't like I was given a prompt and, you know, an essay and given 40 minutes to write a paper. This was research I'd gathered. And it felt like, I just, I felt like I'd created something powerful and I'd created something of my own. And being fully immersed in my topic and sort of living and breathing my topic was really cool because you connected it to your everyday life. You, you started thinking in terms of what you were studying and how it fit into your thesis. And... It just felt really cool knowing that the end product of what I did was something that was truly my own and something that I cared about and something that I created and synthesized. Yeah, part of it was like um, what you just said, you were creating something that was your own and that because it's your own ideas and you're developing your own claims, it's something like you're you are the expert in it like there's no other experts around and you feel like this is something you can support and this is something that not a lot of people know about and if they're wondering about it you can be go over there and be like I know all about this I studied this I have this great repertoire and um, it's something that like you just said it's something you're really proud of because you put so much work into it and it's something that just came from you and it's something that you can defend and support and something that you actually want to put out to the world. 
I'm just going to jump in really quickly and, and reiterate the fact that I hear you all talking about the fact that you had an audience both within and outside of your classroom and the sense of investment that that gave you. And I think oftentimes, not to cast dispersions on all of my colleagues in the education world, but I think sometimes teachers get um, caught up in what uh, a colleague of mine uh, who teaches at Penn State, Ann Whitney, would would call the schoolishness of school and this idea that we have schooly types of writing that we have to do and things that we have to get done and grades have to get turned in and things like that. But what all five of you tonight are really reminding us of in very clear and concise and thoughtful ways is the fact that having an audience just matters so incredibly much for all of us as writers and especially um, as students. So I'm going to open it up to uh, Mrs. Reed for just a moment more and then I'm going to give all of you a minute to think about this because again, not that we would want to cast dispersions on any of our teachers that we, we've talked to, but if there was one piece of advice you all might have for English teachers, uh, maybe they're not going to buy the book and read it, but if you could give them like 30 seconds of advice, think about what you would like to say to teachers when they're thinking about designing research projects. But uh, Mrs. Reed, what are, you, what are you thinking at this point? You've been listening carefully for the last 10 minutes or so. I am very excited about the fact that you all are able to reflect on this work from two years ago. I mean, I knew that when we first were working with this, you were all engaged and you're excited about it and I was excited about it with you but hearing you talk about process hearing you talk about the in purposeful use of technology hearing you talk about the work and how it mattered to you and how it's transferred to your different um, work that you're doing now is is very inspiring and I so I you know we've said it before but I can't thank you all enough for sharing those insights in the conversation and I think it's um, what it reminds me of is the importance of being quiet and as a teacher and letting students really really drive and share their thinking um, so as I've had the opportunity to listen I've appreciated that I've also very much appreciated the fact that the work mattered you know like I as I said I knew it did, but seeing it a couple years later is really um, inspiring in that regard too. So I, I think that you each do have some good insights to remind teachers of, just like Dr. Hicks was saying, as we've been talking about process and, and purposeful integration of technology, that you can do really interesting things and come up with really interesting topics that are meaty and smart. I've heard all of those things from you tonight, and so I, I as I listen to all of you and I'm, I'm soaking in sort of the advice and hearing what you had to say, I am excited about that question too. What, it, what is it that you would, um, what, what takeaways do you have for teachers? One thing that um, I would say is that often we are given a rubric uh, for something like an essay and rubrics are helpful and it's a good guide but um, sometimes it's very formulaic and uh, do this, do this, um, but one thing I liked about this was um, although we had a rubric and a general guide, we are, were able to pick our own topic within the uh, overall subject of culture and it was nice to be able to um, kind of write 
specifically for the essay, it was nice to write it in our own way and be able to um, kind of uh, drift a bit from the typical essay. Um, it was still a formal essay, and we were able to develop our ideas well. Um, but it, I think it's important not to always be so formulaic when writing an essay because um, a lot of a lot of persuasion has to do with not necessarily being sticking to what is, I guess, normal or the typical essay because um, you want to catch your reader's attention and um, sometimes drifting away from the formulaic approach to essays can help you do that. I guess something that I'd like to uh, say to, I guess, teachers would be try not to underestimate the students. Like, a lot of teachers... I think almost, I don't want to say anything I shouldn't hear, but maybe downplay the students and what they can do just a little bit. They, I think a reason why they might choose the formulaic approach more often than not is because there, of course there are going to be some students who aren't really comfortable with that and they're more comfortable with a formulaic approach where they know what they have to get done, they know what they need to do to enable to be able to accomplish their goal. But for a majority of students, that might be more of a restriction on their thought than anything else. And then kind of another thing is, actually, I'll, I'll not say anything else in case someone else has that point, but um, yeah, I guess try not to downplay the student's knowledge and what they can do with the topic. I think, um, first off, I agree with you um, and Preston. Rubrics can be very dis um, restricting. You do need a certain amount of freedom in order to truly learn and develop. And um, there is a time and place to just focus on the product or the outcome. But in a classroom and in a high school, I think it's very important for students to learn to think outside the box and learn to learn. Um, I, I personally believe you really only, well, it is very important for you to be pushed out of your comfort zone because that's what allows you to grow. Um, this, for example, just being on this webinar right now, this was very hard and nerve-wracking for me, as I'm sure for many of you as well. And um, in doing all this research, it, it felt good. It gave me a sort of confidence and a sort of um, self-identity <laughs> self that like goes along with my projects or my project at the time. And I wish other uh, teachers would try to guide their students more rather than just giving them a list of requirements or a rubric that says you need this and this and this and this many paragraphs and this many words. And I really enjoyed thinking deeply on all of, um, on all of this pro of all of my project and thinking deeply on all of everybody else's projects. And um, then the most important part probably being how much I learned and actually realizing um, that this, that what we did in the classroom, pertains to real life and can affect your life. And I wouldn't be here right now if I hadn't worked hard back then and really um, gotten into the project that we were working on. So I think it's important for schools and teachers to challenge their students um, to do work like we did, not just in research writing, but in many aspects of school in various classes. Challenge your students to think and challenge your students to help each other and use their resources effectively. 
So what I would like to say is something that I noticed that I just really loved that Mrs. Reed did this is that I don't remember a time, and I had her for two years in a row, I don't remember a time when she ever shut any of my ideas down because I was never discouraged with coming up with new ideas because my um, essay thing about uh, is culture positive or negative, like that is a huge theme and I needed help narrowing that down and I never got a, mmm, that's a, I don't know Kendra, that's kind of a bad idea. It's, it was always a, okay, here's where we go from there, like you have a good setup. And it was great having someone who could actually help me with where to go from there. Like it was all about guide, guiding and never saying something like, um, just don't do that. It was never anything negative. It was something where you learn to grow from that and build off those ideas, even if they're like something you're not really sure about and it's not really sturdy based because you always feel like you can grow off of that and you're not discouraged at all. So thank you, Mrs. Reed, for doing that. Like that that really helps. Um really quick, the the last thing I would say to teachers is to give students a platform that extends beyond the classroom. Um, because again, one of the things that I really loved was my was the opportunity to share my thinking with the world. And um, I think giving this giving students making students feel like what they say and what they do extends beyond the classroom is a really important way to make them feel like they value and like their work values and that it ties into real life because you know, in the future, a lot of students are going to have to make presentations, a lot of students are going to write papers, and even in school, students are going to learn if they feel like they matter. And school students are going to learn if they feel like their opinions are being heard and if their work is being sh shared. And I think giving students that value and that global platform is one of the easiest ways to make them take pride in their work. Since Mrs. Reed is uh, probably speechless at the moment, I, I'm just going to say that you all are very kind and wonderful people in and of yourselves, but then collectively to hear you talk about learning and what you value about education and the learning process is just amazing. And I know that all of you are going to continue to do really wonderful things for your high school careers. and well beyond. So I, I'm just uh, doing a nice little silent round of applause for all five of you uh, for your willingness to uh, engage in this process two years ago and to engage in the process of the webinar tonight. Uh, so thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Don, do you have anything that you would like to say as we're kind of coming to the close of the hour here? I appreciate what you just said, Troy, and I just want to echo that thank you. Yeah, I. I think that I probably was the one that was most speechless tonight to hear you talk about about the work that you've done because the work that you've done is in in the work that you talked about is truly what I want and hope my my contribution to your literacy experiences and literacy lives 
truly it truly that it would be that way that you would describe it in this way so so I just can't thank you enough this is such an honor for me to hear you talk about it and I know that you know when Troy and I were working on this book we we're excited about sharing these ideas and excited about research writing rewired coming out there and you've all helped me really rethink the very importance of that work that we've done um, and because you've talked about it and, and talked about your lived experiences in ways that really mattered. So I'm just honored and, and I thank you all for sharing your experiences. All right, so a few kind of wrap-up notes here. Uh, if you haven't been following along live, uh, I guess we had a little bit of a technical problem, so completely understandable. If you're watching this later, uh, know that uh, the tweets are going to be available. You can look at the connected learning hashtag as uh, one way. You can also follow at innovate underscore ed to find out more from Educator Innovator. You can sign up for the monthly newsletter at educatorinnovator.org and that will help you keep up to date on future webcast opportunities. I also want to note um, Corwin Literacy has been absolutely great to work with and as much as they would uh, be happy and we would be happy too if uh, people were interested in buying the book, if you go to Corwin.com and search for Research Writing Wired, um, when you scroll down, go over to the little tab that says Supplements and then click on Companion Website. and many, many, many resources from the book are available there, including lesson plans and some of the other handouts that we used in Don's classroom, slide decks that we used uh, to introduce some of the projects and ideas about visual literacy and critical literacy, and a number of videos. Um, we were fortunate enough to secure permission from students and parents to do videotaping in the classroom, and so Don and I have uh, collected and edited a number of videos uh, showing snippets of the teaching uh, that was happening as well and possibly more importantly the learning that was going on too and yes uh, there were a couple of the students here tonight Kendra and Allie who were are in that focal class where we did the videotaping so um, to all of you so um, Allie and Kendra and Matthew and Megan and Preston thank you so much for being here tonight uh, thank you to the National Writing Project and Educator Innovator for inviting us to be on and uh, as we end time here, I'll just say thank you again to Don for inviting me into your classroom. And do you have anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? Thank you, Troy, and, and to all those that you said thank you, I echo that as well. All right. Well, thank you all, and uh, good night.